Hello, and thank you for listening to Good Girls Behaving Badly. This is Sydney. I'm Shanae. And how was your weekend? It was fine. Didn't do anything fun, exciting, nothing? I went shopping. I um, helped a friend clean out her closet. Me. It was a cool summer night. <laughs> and... <laughs> And I went to church, mm-hmm. and I, I'm catching up with Jane the Virgin. Okay. Well, she's not a virgin, so I don't know why they keep... I mean, you can't change the name, but... So, was she a virgin in the beginning? She was. Oh, okay. And now she's lost her virginity, but... Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin to describe it because it's so much. Um, but if people are looking for a similarity... It would remind me of like an Ugly Betty. Okay. Okay. Oh, I like Ugly Betty. Okay. That's probably the most similar show I could describe it as. It's mm-hmm. kind of like an Ugly Betty. Just with the twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Okay. This weekend, um, well, yeah, Saturday, me and Shanae went shopping and then cleaned out my closet. Um, then Saturday night, I went to a lingerie party and today... Oh yeah, today I was today was kind of a chill day. I needed a chill day because last week was rough. So this week, I mean, so today, <laughs> hope well no. Let me start it with so today I just kind of relaxed, caught up on Shark Tank and Shameless because Shameless started last Sunday. So I'm about to be another episode behind, but um, I watched that today and just kind of relaxed. I have the house to myself for the week. So, I'm enjoying <laughs> my parents not being home. They are away for their 30th anniversary, so I get to run around the house in my underwear for another week or so. <laughs> so, what's our media for the week? So, um, so, update on Tyrese. So... We know the claims against him being abusive, those claims were dropped. Mm-hmm. And then he had a few um, visit- visits, and his visits are supervised. Yes. But reports are saying he skipped two of them. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, one, they said he was, I don't know if they said he was sick or something, but he ended up going to, like, Dubai. Mm-hmm. And the other one, they don't know why, but obviously he's getting a lot of flack because... He was making such a social media scene about how he missed his daughter and, you know, this is, you know, his ex-wife was keeping her away from him. So mm-hmm. then to hear that he missed visits, right? Um, I think two weekends, people were like, what? you know, it's a joke and that he was just, you know, playing this soft story while others are like, he skipped it because of supervised. He don't feel like he should be supervised, mm-hmm. which even if he didn't. I feel I like still. I would think you would want to bite the pill and just see your daughter because you haven't seen her in a while. Right. Is my, is my thoughts. But right. who knows? Then there were claims that he made a post that Will and Jada loaned him $5 million to like right. stay off stay off his phone and to help him out of his legal woes. And then sources say that from their camp, they're like, no, mm-hmm. we did not loan him money, right. but they are very concerned that he's like experienced some breakdown. 
And then once after they loaned him money, then he offered he offered like this little kid motivational speaker to pay for his college tuition. Well, supposedly they didn't offer him any money. Right, but he already promised his little kid <laughs> to oh. pay for his college tuition while he's having alleged financial, financial issues. Right. I don't know because then he announced his wife was pregnant, and then he was made this like pitch to all basically. You know, women of color in the industry saying, I've shown up for you as a woman. You women show up for my wife and her foundation. I'm like, what? That's not how you get. I mean, what is it? It's her? like, so she's pregnant, so donate to, donate her, to organization. her foundation. What? what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What, what does one have to do with the other? Nothing. And then, two, what is the foundation about? I mean, who knows? People want to donate, people ask for donations. People want to know what they're donating to, whether they know you or not. Right. Whether you've shown up and for them or not. And his wife has actually been a lo- very quiet through this whole ordeal. I mean, I think that's the best yeah. way. This is dealing with a child outside of their her relationship. Yeah. A past marriage. I don't really think she should be speaking on anything. If anything, I would be telling him to settle. <laughs> right. And she might be. Yeah. And she might not be. Right. We don't um, know. Don't know. And then next, Jill Scott and her husband is getting a divorce. Oh. And she filed a restraining order. Oh. And they, like, had these conditions where they can't speak about each other in a certain way. They can't mm-hmm. spend a certain amount of money. They have to have all these receipts while they go through their divorce. Mm-hmm. He spoke with Bossip, saying that she's evil. Oh. She's controlling. That she is gripping a household of all women and, like, they don't know how to respect a man or, like, deal with a guy. And mm-hmm. She just wants someone that she can, like, crawl all over and that's not him. Yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. So, I just wonder what the deal is. Yeah, and they just got married last year. So, yeah, they haven't married that long. Jeez, this is her second marriage, right. I believe. So, it is. I just wonder um, what really happened. She cited, you know, differences mm-hmm. in, like, marital misconduct, which could mean... Physical, verbal abuse. I think it can mean infidelity. I it can mean yeah. a series of things. So, <sighs> hopefully they can... Who knows what is true about either side of it. Absolutely. Because either side could be true. It could it be both. It just sounds crazy. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. But, um, hopefully they can be civil. Right. Because, I don't know. I just think it sucks. Yeah. It, and it sucks when it happens and it's also in the public view. So, like... Especially, like, you're a celebrity, and who knows if she has music coming out soon or if she has music out now. But, like, so now every interview you go on, they're going to ask about it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm tired of talking about yeah, that. Yeah, that's the woes of a celebrity. Yeah. Um, a Kardashian update. I don't be doing these, but <laughs> you know how, like, they said Kim had a surrogate. They never confirmed it. Right. However, this past weekend, um, Chloe did an Instagram post saying, like, cherry blossom dinner celebrating baby number three. So I'm like, well, she didn't confirm it. Right. Because you could see on that snap that they were at this event, but mm-hmm. she didn't see. You couldn't, you didn't know what it was for. So right. I feel like she confirmed that at least one of them are expecting a baby. Mm-hmm. There's not been any confirmations about Kylie or Chloe right. or Courtney. Because at <laughs> one point they all said they was all pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say the surrogacy one is probably factual if she yeah. said that. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I do hope Chloe's pregnant. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't really know if that relationship's gonna last, but I do know she wants a kid. Yeah. Cause he's so young. He's our age, literally. And yeah. How old is Chloe? She's like 32, 33. Okay. I just feel like it's a different age range, especially as a guy. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean he may not want that commitment because he might. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like you just never know. And he also has a kid that's like turning one. Right. So I don't know. Yeah. Those Kardashians. Because I know the mom, Chris, she was on Ellen's show and Ellen kept trying to get out of her who was pregnant and... Chris was pretty honest and was like, look, y'all going to find out on the show. That's why we're not telling y'all, y'all got to wait. Because, like, we're not doing this for free. <laughs> like, so, basically, Ugh. she confirmed, like, no, we're not telling y'all until the season starts. So, watch the show, basically. Well, their season is on right now. Yeah. So, I guess you'll find out who's pregnant, who's not. Right. I'll just wait till Shade Room posted, to be honest Pretty much. You. As soon as it's I, on TV, it'll I, be on I, Instagram. I don't feel the need to watch and that somebody will let me I, know. I mean, I used to dig them, but I just... I can't. Speaking of Kardashians, Black China, a snippet of a song came out. Mm-hmm. Trash. She she's saying she rap. What she she's doing? a. I think she's gonna be rapping. Okay, interesting. But she's working on an album. Mm-hmm. Sources say she's trying to get like really good features and stuff. Mm-hmm. I heard like a twenty second snippet, mm-hmm. and I was like, no, <laughs> it's a no for me. <laughs> um, maybe the rest of the album is better, but that little. Two line I heard, no, <laughs> wow. no, wow. no, no. Speaking of rappers, there's a rumor that Kanye is doing his own streaming service called Yeezy Sound. Oh, Jesus. Right, and he still owes money to title. To, to title. Yeah. So I think this is interesting, and I'm interested to see where this is going to go. And I'm interested to see who's going to put their music on there. Because now you already got people on Apple, Spotify, like you already got so many different players in but the space. But people are doing all of them. Because right. even before when it was like titles, exclusivity is kind of lost a little. Yeah. Because their own music is on Apple Music. So right. they're, they are sharing. And But that's what I'm saying. Like, so what's going to be special about Yeezy's now? Well, Kanye's now. Like, what's going to be so special about it? Because unless people do the exclusivity thing again. And they're which not. Which I don't feel like they will. I um, mean, but what's... You got to think, like, they all do the same thing. It's just, it's like you're allowing yourself just with a brand, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, Spotify has amazing playlists. Mm-hmm. I don't know no other streaming service who have playlists like this. Right, they all have their benefits. Right, so. Apple Music is very beneficial for iPhone users because, like, it mixes in with your regular iTunes library. Yeah. That's something that none of the apps can do. That's why I have Apple Music. Right. But their playlists aren't as good as Spotify. Mm-hmm. And then Tidal, I only did the trial. <laughs> Gotta be honest. <laughs> I <use laughs> But Tidal. I think the video content is what yeah. made Tidal's, mm-hmm. it was what Tidal's thing is. Yep. So like. And like they, Tidal has exclusive podcasts now. That's what I'm saying. They have, stuff, so. they have video content. Yeah. That's their thing to yeah. me. So Yeezy, I don't know. Well, he's gonna have. But it's it's a legend. We don't know, but mm-hmm. allegedly, Yeezy Sound is coming. Yeezy Sound. And if I feel like it could have been a better name. Eh, I feel like it's. What could they really call it? <laughs> I don't know. It had to be something with him in it. I know, but it could have been more creative. I don't know, but <laughs> if it's true, hopefully we get like thirty day trials because I'm gonna try <laughs> it. Right. Um, 
I'm, I've said it before. I'm saying it again. I'm committing to paying for one. Uh-huh. I'm not paying for multiple streaming services. Mm-mm. I have chosen my service, <laughs> and that is Apple Music. Mm-mm. So last but not least, and we can keep it moving, Meek Mills is in jail. Mm-hmm. Oh, poo. So I feel like the controversy around this is because people felt like the way that he violated his parole wasn't that big of a deal and that he shouldn't have gotten as much punishment as he did. And I feel like I understand both sides of it because, okay, yeah, he, dirt bikes in Philly is regular, but in New York it's not. So if you do it in New York and you get caught, right? what you think? Right. And then him getting arrested when I think it was like a fight at the club, he had nothing to do with it. But he, got he was trying to break it up right? from right. what I've read. Right. So, with that one, it's like, okay, yeah, like, uh, I wouldn't fault him for that. But, the thing is, when you're on parole, you gotta be careful. <laughs> like, th- that's I the know, point of parole. I but I think the overarching thing as well is, he's been on parole for, like, a decade. Mm-hmm. And... So, I think part of people are like, out of a decade of time, that's it's a hard thing to be like, you can't do nothing that well, would possibly... Well, he's in jail. And then jail, but out you know jail, what I'm saying. And this is not his first time violating his parole. He violated no. it before, and they gave him house arrest. So my I, mean, I don't know. Who y'all think the next step up is from house arrest? Actually being arrested? Like, what do you... I don't they, know. They, not, they wasn't going to just give him house arrest again, because they, you know, they try to make it a step up each time. So I don't know what other option it would have been... That's more harsh than house arrest, no. but not in jail. I don't know of it. If somebody knows of it, let me know. I mean, you know, he'll probably get out early for yeah, of course. good behavior. Yeah, and of all course. I can say is he would really have to, like, really look into, and that's something with the lawyers and the court system to figure out how much longer, what, what this really means. But mm-hmm. I feel like at this juncture... He got to shut it down completely. Yeah, and then, like, people were saying that they were trying to make an example of him because, like, he had to do community service. And I think it was, like, at a shelter or something. And when they came to check on him doing his service, he was, like, in the back folding towels or washing towels, something like that. And they was like, no, he needs to be in the front serving food. And so people perceived that as they were trying to make an example of him and embarrass him serving his punishment or whatever. I mean, you could say the same for like Chris Brown and him picking up trash on the road. That's true. So that could that could absolutely be true. Right. I mean, who who knows? They who knows? That right. could also that could be it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of celebrities. Some have like catch flack for like posting, like posts of him in support. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Yeah, They're like. Why are you supporting a criminal? <laughs> and I just feel like, you know what? People who post about him, that's their business. And they can actually have personal relationships with him. Right. And they can know his intent. Right. Which, from my understanding, he really was Has trying, trying. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. be better and right. to be, you know, out of these situations. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel like people should get flack for supporting, right. for supporting him. And right. hopefully... Um, when he gets out, things truly get better where, I mean, cause at the end of the day, none of us people feel like people who have the most to say have never been through this. Right. I'm not on parole. I do not know the pressure of that. <laughs> and, you know, I've never been in jail. I don't ever want to go to jail. I don't ever want the experience of being on parole. Right. So I just feel like it's very easy to just run your mouth when you don't know. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, we'll see how that turns out. Because I know they were still, they're going to try to fight him, basically, going back to jail um, for violating his parole. And so, I guess, I feel like, like you said, he's going to be in there maybe two months. I don't see him staying in there longer. Two months? I really think he's going to get out early. Like That early? I think so. I was thinking at least a year. No, I don't think he's going to stay in there. I don't foresee that just because jails are crowded as F. So the first people they let go is usually people that have violated parole. Like those are the usually. But it's the but it's the thought is they're trying to make an example of him. Mm-hmm. Then they're gonna want him to stay longer. I don't know. We'll so see. we'll see. But yeah. that's where he at right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get this. What? Can I just say something, guys? You know, good guys in Valley. We're at, you know, 2,000 plus followers on Instagram. Thank you, guys. Yes. Please continue to follow us. Get your friends to follow us. Right. But as we get higher followers, we get tagged in, like, the most random stuff. And I just saw another one. It's like. I saw that earlier. I'm like, y'all want to get blocked. (laughs) Okay? I don't mean no harm, but y'all really want to get blocked. Jesus. Because it don't even be about, and I'm sorry, this was a side rant, but I just saw it, (laughs) and you know what, it just irritated me, it just irritated me, Mm -mm -mm. so we can move forward with with TV, Yes. so this is us, Mm -hmm. (sighs) oh, It was emotional. It was very emotional. I felt emotional. Yeah. Several points of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, like, Randall with the mom. I feel like he's going about this the wrong way a mm. little bit. You do? Okay. I do. I felt like he was very aggressive when they were on, when he went to the jail. And I feel like he does not know anything about That's true. the system. Mm-hmm. or Because he was even aggressive with the caseworker. Yeah, he was. Which was, to me, out of hand. Mm-hmm. Being a person who don't know much about how this works. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are other ways to express his frustration or his lack of understanding and being so... Because I also feel like, you know... To me, you don't know in return what the mother will say to the daughter, her daughter yeah. that will further mess up their relationship. Right. And so I just feel like his, him wanting to get to the root of stuff and try to figure out a way. I just feel like he went, he was a little bit too aggressive without hearing her. Because at the end of the day, she has done wrong and, and, and you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I don't think she's avoiding that either. But right. I just felt like he was so rough. And I was just like, okay. So I agree that he was aggressive. But I think by the end of the episode, I think what they were trying to portray is that he learned, he realized how that he was being too aggressive. And that's why he like tried to set up the phone call with the daughter just to make sure that they could still speak because he realized that um, he misjudged the situation. Yeah. And so I feel like he realized that and like but it I, has already tried to correct that. But I feel like he does that a lot. Hmm. I do. I think that's just part of Randall. Mm-hmm. I think he sometimes Jumps. he gets tunnel vision mm-hmm. and just is like this is what I think, this is what I feel, and mm-hmm. it's some and I feel like and his wife always is like Calm right, down. and I think oftentimes life happens and he goes, oh, okay, maybe it's not quite. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And then when they brought up and seeing his dad again, 
Mm-hmm. It makes me sad because he's dead. I know. In like real life of the show. Right. Yeah. And I think I wish he wasn't. <laughs> I really, I wish, really he wish he could be on a little bit longer before yeah. they like the cancer killed them all. Yeah. Because I, I thought think I, that relationship was so beautiful. And I just liked the character. Yeah. And, the moment with the judge and mm-hmm. oh, the fact yeah. that he was about to shoot up and that was literally the day he, Randall knocked on his door. Yep. It was just so, I felt so emotional. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's partially the good thing about like their kind of flashback format is though the character is gone, you still, have, you still, you still get to see them. them and learn more things about them that you necessarily didn't I see know, the first time. I know, but it just time, makes so. me sad. <laughs> So, and then, um, Kevin, mm-hmm. I just want someone to see that he has a problem. Right. And Kate is like, kind of, mm-hmm. but I feel like something has to happen bigger for people to see that yeah. there's an issue because yep. even with his girlfriend, she knew that something was wrong, mm-hmm. but then he ended it and she got her feelings yeah. where it's like part of it. Those, what he felt could have generally, what he felt where he did not feel good enough for her. Right. But I do not believe he really wanted to end things. I he really didn't. believe oh, no, that was the drugs and the alcohol. And I just want someone to see yeah. that. Hello. Yeah, Kevin, I do, he I, he loves that woman. I That's believe. what I'm saying. He really he's loves her and he himself. really wants to be with her. But he already has it set in his mind that he's not good enough. And so, until he realizes that for himself or someone else can help him realize that for himself, he's not, like, he's just going to end it like he did because he wants so much more for her. He wants her to have... I get that, but I'm saying the drugs and the alcohol are making it worse. Yeah. Yeah. I I believe sober Kevin still didn't feel good enough, Mm -hmm. but the drugs and the alcohol that he's addicted to at this juncture... Yeah. Is making everything worse. Yep. You know, he's looking sweaty and pe- like he has a problem. <laughs> right. And I just want someone to figure it out so they can have their like family intervention at Randall's house, <laughs> get him in a rehab. Like I'm, I'm over it. I just, I want like I'm sick of Kevin. Mm-hmm. I've been saying this for probably since episode two <laughs> of season one. Mm-mm-mm. Like I'm tired of him. Mm-mm. And that's all I have. Moving to Kate. I was about to say, yeah, Kate next. Just so beautiful. I know. I can, I, I, Jesus, please let her make it through this pregnancy. I know. I don't want her to lose the baby, but I feel like they're going to make her lose it. Me too. And um, I'm like, please don't. Like, just let this be one good thing that she'll, stays. They're going to get married. I think she'll lose the baby and then down the line she'll get pregnant again and be even more nervous because she lost it. That's where I feel like this is going. Mm-hmm. I um, hope not, But though. maybe not. I want them to have the baby and, you know, get married and be happy, but, you know, that's too... That's not This Is Us. Yeah, that's too... It's um... not about being happy. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little bit like Grey's Anatomy. Ugh, it it is. really is. It just, when you get... I feel like it's actually just like Grace. It's showing that on the writing <laughs> panel because I feel like as soon as you feel good, mm-hmm. yep. they will snatch it away from you. Yep. As soon as you feel good about Settled. a moment, mm-hmm. they're like, no. Sorry, Charlie. Like, you thought. Like, right. And that yeah. brings me into Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Last week just made me go, what, and I literally said this in one of our group checks, what have been, what... Would Grey's and Nanny have been if she didn't kill everybody off? And some some of them had to because the actors left. Yeah. 
like Derek, that wasn't something she wrote in. He wanted mm-hmm. to leave, and I understood and that. And Izzy wanted to leave, too. And Izzy was fired. Oh, well. And so, like, um, Dr. Burke was fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if stuff like that didn't happen, mm-hmm. some of that was forced. Yeah. But then you had a, a, quite a few who just wanted to go. Right. But it sucks. It just made me wonder, all like... All the McSteamy, McDreamy, all the... <laughs> they wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure Lexi, I think that was just written in, but yeah, I think that was just part some of them wanted to leave and, but I just feel like it made me wonder cause they got very nostalgic and it made me wonder like, how would the show be if we had some more of the originals left? Because I feel like they're outnumbered. I think one, we would feel more, um, attached to them as characters because it has been forever. And so we would feel as attached to them as we feel to, um, I forgot her name, Gray. As we feel to Gray, we would feel just as attached to all of them because she's been one of the constants, you know, throughout the whole thing. I mean, series. the only people who's been from the beginning is her, Karev, mm-hmm. the Chief, and Bailey. Yep. And you got people halfway like Avery, Kempner, mm-hmm. and I hate her new sister. The oh, black I love one. her. She's so. <laughs> I, just, I love her so much. I don't like it, and I don't want her and Avery to get together. I hope they do. You know what? Tip. Oh, I was about to say something, but I'm. A, I'm still rocking with. Yeah. <laughs> typically, oh, I knew she was about to say now. First, <laughs> I was like, huh? Typically, I'm always for the brother to come home. Right. Although in this character, he's half white anyway. Mm-hmm. Typically, I'm always saying, brother, you can always come home. <laughs> I am. Whatever you want to think of it, that is just what I think. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I'm like, nah, I'm okay with you rocking with Kepner. I'm okay with that. But that's just because I you like that them. relationship. I do. Yeah. And technically, he is half white, so he's already home. Uh- whichever side <laughs> he chooses. Jesus. Well, I'm just saying his father was white, his mother was black. So technically, he's home in both races. Okay. Sometimes... <laughs> I may be judged for that statement, but it's true. It's just I'm speaking my opinion. Mm-hmm. But he's home on both sides, so right. Technically, he could date, and technically, Meredith's sister is. Mixed. I was about to say I she's the same way. So her technically, home is her being with Avery is home more home than anybody else because they both mixed. Look at that. I still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I hope they get together. I just need her to uh, be able to communicate her feelings. I don't well, neither one of them are. That's true. But I feel like that's been her, not even in like her liking someone romantically, but just even in communication with her sister, with her dad. She's all. I feel like that's been her like one kind of struggle is communicating her feelings and how she really um, feels about situations and about people. So hopefully she has a little breakthrough and it's with Avery. It'd be great. <laughs> they won't last because Sean don't. Of course they last, won't. So <laughs> One of them will die. It just will not. Hopefully not Avery. I'm gonna just put that out there. Can I tell you something? He is so fine, <laughs> and he's like really woke in real life. Like, woo! I. He could tap it. Okay. And you know that's not my style. Uh. I don't do that <laughs> casually, <laughs> but he could tap it just casually. Yeah. What if he wants to be in a relationship? We well, has children and him and his baby mother not getting along. I don't know if I want to get in the <laughs> but 
he could tap it and pay my student loans off. Got you. Just okay. being honest. Okay. And like take me on the set. <laughs> to meet everybody. Yes. Okay. That's kind of all I need. Okay. Got you. Got you. Um, now, are you caught up on how to get away with murder? I am, but I mean, I feel like it's more of the same. Mm-hmm. It's just the build up and I yeah. feel like I'm over it. Like, I don't have anything distinct mm-hmm. other than we just have to wait till the storyline sinks with the past. And I feel like then I'll have more to say. To and be I honest. feel like it's like they like a week away now. Right. We're yeah. getting close. So to I'm sure it's going to start to happen at the end of the episode this week. Right. That's then. what I'm saying. It's just it's the usual. I do want to just mention Housewives of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's everything and more. <laughs> What's going so on? Shady and I'm so excited for new one-liners. Mm-hmm. I quote mean at meanisms. I use them every day in my life. Uh-huh. One of my favorites is I said what I said. Oh yeah, I feel like that's everybody's favorite. Okay, yeah. so nasty and so rude. That's another <laughs> one I love. Bloop. I mean, she has so oh, many yeah. I use all the time, mm-hmm. and she's gonna give us some good ones this season. The shady remarks. I love it. I gotta wear sunglasses. Oh my god! It's so funny. Mm-mm-mm. I love it. <laughs> so what? What's the drama going on so far? Well, I mean, it was the first episode, so, so it's nothing. just intro. It's just catching up on where the ladies are. Okay. Kenya's married, and like mm-hmm. Cynthia's divorced, mm-hmm. and moving. You know, moving into dating. Candy. Um, it's that recovery after all that whole raping yeah thing lie. Yeah. So I just feel like it's just catching up. I okay. feel like by episode four, I probably have a storyline for you. Mm-hmm. But episode two comes on tonight. Y'all know we record on Sundays. We're gonna miss it. Seven forty five currently. Wendy, are you caught up on Queen Sugar yet? No. Okay. It's a lot, and I haven't <laughs> set time out. And this weekend, I got caught up with Jane the Virgin, and, mm-hmm. and that was a whole season and a half. And they're 40-minute episodes, and I had, like, 26 episodes to watch. Okay. And where was I Saturday? All day with was with you. Your loving best friend. So, when did I have time? <laughs> Queen Sugar has to wait. Okay. Okay. It's getting good, though. Just... I know, but I already kind of know what happens because on um, the friend zone, he talks about it. So I'm kind of aware of where the story is. Oh, okay. Even though I haven't seen it. Because he does update you. He does, so you can talk about it. No, it's okay. We'll wait. (laughs) You'll be waiting for a long time. Because this week wasn't nothing that big. Well, yeah, it's okay. I'll wait till probably next week. I think it's really going to happen. Well, this week, right? So... Next is our question of the week, which I don't know if the question was too complicated this week (laughs) or nobody was interested. But well, I didn't even think it was either one of those. I think it's because of us. I know because we've we've posted questions on Fridays before Mm -hmm. and we've gotten responses more than this. But the question was, name the best thing you've ever loaned, stole, or borrowed, and I one response the how underscore of ticking. I kept this fire jean jacket that my friend left at my house. It's compl- it's complimented so many of my outfits over the years, and I never told her that I had it. And I moved to Georgia with it. I don't know why y'all ain't answered. 
Y'all can still go back and answer. <laughs> and you should. Do you have anything good? I don't steal stuff. Or borrowed? No, I don't really borrow stuff. You have you borrow stuff for me. Like what? You still got my Fresh Prince DVDs. Uh, well, you can find them somewhere. <laughs> I had no idea I had those. <laughs> Why you ain't say nothing? Because you asked to borrow them. <laughs> Probably like 30 years ago. Yeah. Why you ain't ask for them back? Because I ain't watching them. <laughs> I have no idea what those are. So there you go. Lord. I borrowed Fresh Prince of Bel-Air DVDs. Maybe they over there. Mm-mm, probably might be. But I have some too, though, so that's why I guess now it's gonna get oh, confusing. I see, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I know something Sydney loaned that was funny. What? She loaned a CD out in high school. It was a Kanye West CD, and certain someone I think took too long to return it. I don't even remember. And then it. when they returned it, it had scratches on it. And oh. She was hot. <laughs> So no, that's I was really sto- pissed off. I know you were. I was. Really, I forgot all about that. <laughs> and that's a story where Sydney loaned something. I was blown as <laughs> I was writing on Facebook walls and ish about it. That was fun. I was blown. Well, I was gonna. Well, I had two things. One was I borrowed um, the Lizzie McGuire DVD, the Lizzie McGuire movie DVD. Uh-huh. I borrowed it from a friend, and then I lost it the next day. So, wow. like, she kept asking for it back. And it's like, oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. I ain't never get that girl back her DVD. Sorry. It was a good movie, though. You know what? I have a DVD, Kelsey from college. <laughs> if you hear this. <laughs> um, we were Twilight lovers. Oh, yeah. And it's not the Twilight movie, but I guess I must have watched the behind the scenes, like, extra stuff. Oh, yeah. I still have that. <laughs> so, if you want it back... <laughs> Mm-mm. You're more than welcome to come to Baltimore and get it. Um, but I realize I've had that probably for three years. We graduated college three years ago. Yeah. So I still have that somewhere. And then for the stolen one, I'm not typically a thief. <laughs> but in undergrad, so in undergrad, when you didn't have a car on campus, which was only freshman year for us. Yeah, only, well, well half of freshman year because the other half I brought my car anyways. But anyways. Um, so we had a shuttle that took you to like the mall, Kohl's, Walmart, and probably somewhere else. Anyways, I missed the shuttle. So I walked to Walmart to get groceries. But you know how sometimes if you don't wear socks with tennis shoes, it will rub the back of your foot? Mm-hmm. So that happened to me walking to Walmart. So like my foot was bleeding. Man, I stole some band-aids and some socks from Walmart. <laughs> then bought groceries and then walked back to school. So, but but you bought groceries, so I why sure couldn't did. you just buy the band-aids? Because I needed them immediately. And the socks. I needed them immediately. But you could have bought them, though. I needed them to walk around the store. You could have saved the tags. I sure could have, but it was a good steal. And I still got the purple socks because I needed to heal my foot up. So that was one good thing that I stole. That's terrible. <laughs> Look, my foot needed it. And it's funny because even to this day when I do that, it's the same foot that um, like the shoe will rub the back of that heel. It's the same foot. I don't be time. stealing stuff. I don't know what to tell well, you. Well, me either, but that's why that was the one time that I did. It's terrible. What a thief. <laughs> Man, mad people from our school used to steal from Walmart. 
Does that but make it acceptable? No, I never said that made it acceptable. But that's where I got it. Because I think I was actually with some of them. But that's neither here nor there. It's, I mean, that's but awful. It's not that deep. You could have just bought it. I was broke. <laughs> Wasn't nobody giving me money? No. <laughs> I'm just like, look, that's terrible. Oh, well. I mean, I've only stolen things to re- just to drive people nuts. Like, when I would take people's half of their mouth so they couldn't use their mouse on their laptop. Mm-hmm. Is that considered stealing? Uh, so yeah. I put it back, though. <laughs> okay. Is that still stealing? I don't know. Do you consider that stealing? I, I think can, that's more important. I think it's funny. Well, well I would get annoyed because then people, they would come back and be like, oh. I've done that at work, by the way, mm-hmm. and I've suggested to do that. You have an annoying employee. I reiterate this again. Take the little mouse that you, the USB part you got to put in the laptop and hide it or keep it for a day and watch your coworker go nuts because they can't use their mouse. They're going to be checking the batteries. They're going to find, they're going to realize it's gone and be looking all over the place. And they're going to be annoyed all day because they have to use their fingers or something. We'll see because most of the people in my office don't use a cord, a mouse with a cord. And then two, they would just ask and go get a new one. Like we have a closet of mice and they would just get a new one. That's fine. Yeah. So it wouldn't work in your office. Right. It works in mine. <laughs> it has worked in my friends' offices who have done it. Um, it's hilarious. Mm-mm. You know, that's a harmless way. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while. Mm-hmm. Also, like, never mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we have a listener question this week. Oh, you know what? I want to tell it anyway. Okay, go ahead. So, my coworker has this pen, and something happened where I I need to use it to sign something. And before I can even give it back, which I intended, I don't steal pens. Mm-hmm. She was like, "Make sure you give that back." You know, that's my favorite pen. So that annoyed the crap out of me because <sighs> you was gonna get it back anyway. I don't want your funky pen. So when she left early, I hid it. Mm-mm. So she couldn't find it for oh a couple god. of days. Oh, not for a couple of days. She found it eventually. Oh my god! I hid it at her desk, Jesus. and that wasn't at my current job. That was at an old job. So <laughs> I, I want you to know I haven't used any of those petty office tricks at my current organization. Mm-hmm. That was at my last organization. <laughs> I have grown since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes. When you can't cuss nobody out, you got to resort to other things to make you feel better. It's not right. That's why I don't do it now. Mm-hmm. But it does get the job done. Okay. That's, I'm, I'm sounding very immature right now. And I own that. <laughs> okay. Don't mess with me in the office. <laughs> or I'll steal your USB part for your mouse. Yes! <laughs> and for the people who have cords... Take the whole thing. <laughs> Take the whole thing. And then sit down and just don't know where it's at at all. There's always a way. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> so, our listener question. So, this person, they said, well, I'll just read what they um, said. So, they said, I'm in a relationship, but I have an issue with my girlfriend. She never lets me pay for meals. 
and I make more than her. She asked me if it bothered me and I was kind of like, no, not really. But then she said a lot of guys don't like it. And I said, well, normally that means that they aren't that interested. Or no, yeah, that they aren't that interested. But now that obviously that's not the case, it's just strange to me. Like, it feels emasculating, but then it's also like, well, we're able to go to dinner twice as many times now because it's more affordable. But it's also like, is my need to pay toxic masculinity? What? That's a lot. <laughs> so they want to know if their need to pay, like, if that emasculating them is toxic, basically. I don't know. I feel like that's something you have to... Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. You don't know. I mean, I feel like you asking the wrong person because I think guys should pay. You should date me, bro. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I don't no. Know oh, okay. I get what you're saying. But you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's a bad thing if he wants to pay. Mm-hmm. Um, she, but she won't like, let him. I think that's weird. I do <laughs> because, like, why do you want to pay all the time anyway? Even if you did a fifty, like. You don't have to be like me, where mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I don't ever really want to pay, but mm-hmm. I will. Right. Um, you could do it like 50-50. I know a lot of girls who do it 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know any girl who's like, no, you know what I mean? My thought is, if she's paying for dinner, do you pay for other things for her? And maybe right. that's why she want to pay for dinner, because mm-hmm. you like pay for other stuff for her. Yeah. Maybe that's why, and she feels like that's a small way for her to... I'm not going to say compete, but feel equal because sometimes people have a hard time accepting gifts, Mm -hmm. whether it's food, whether it's cash, whether it's, oh, let me pay for this for you. Sometimes people have a hard time accepting stuff or they feel like they owe you something Mm -hmm. when you buy somebody something. So that could be it. But if it bothers you, I mean, I guess my thought is I don't feel like it's a bad thing if you, I I mean... I don't feel like you should feel emasculated. We'll put that way. Right. But if it bothers you, you should just talk about it. I agree. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's emasc... I don't think you should feel emasculating. Right. I don't think... What was the toxic part? So They want to know if their need to pay is basically hyper-masculine. If that's an example of being hyper-masculine. I don't... You know what? (laughs) Maybe because I like guys to pay. That's why I feel like I'm the wrong one mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like no. Mm-hmm. Because it's not like, you know, when she pays, you refuse. It's like you stop going out with her. Like, you <laughs> know what I mean? You don't, you just feel weird. Right. And I feel like possibly that's just because it's just new. Mm-hmm. I feel like you probably have never experienced a girl like this. Right. So I feel like more than... More than that, it's just more of this is new for you. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's... So, my it's, suggestion is similar to what you said might already be happening since we don't really know. This is anonymous, by the way. But, um, I would suggest if you really feel like that you want to contribute financially, then do other stuff. If she's paying for food, you pay for whatever y'all do after or before dinner or y'all next date, you pay for whatever it is or... Like, just contribute in other ways if you really have that want to give as much as she's giving. But I don't feel like you should feel emasculated um, about it because I don't think that she's doing it to be like, oh, I'm running this. Like, right. I don't think that's why she's doing it um, 
she probably just enjoys paying or wants to feel like she's contributing to the relationship. Um, so I don't feel like you should feel emasculated. Do I feel like your need to pay is hyper-masculine or toxic? Um, I don't know, but I feel like your need to pay is coming from this is something that is not the norm. So, um, I think that, you know, in the old fashioned sense, we're told that a man is always supposed to pay for dates and blah, blah. And so since this is the opposite, you may feel like your need, like this, you're fighting against this because it's so against the norm. Um, so I wouldn't say that your feelings are toxic. I just think that you're feeling that because it's so outside of the norm that a woman that wants to always pay, not 50-50, they want to pay every time. Um, so I think that's the only reason you probably feel this way is because it's something different that you're not used to in other relationships but I do feel like you should communicate the way you're feeling with her because even though you already told her um well okay so you said she asked me if it bothered me and I was kind of I was kind of like no nah. so first of all it didn't seem like you communicated properly your no nah in the beginning because kind of like no nah isn't very clear but I feel like you should bring it up to her and be like well you know I could I could pay like, every once and again, like, you should bring it up to her. If it's bothering you that much, communicate that with her. Um, because even though you said no before, um, people change. Your feelings change about different situations. So, I think you should also communicate that with her. So, I hope you helped. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I hope we helped in your feelings and alleviate some of your concern about your feelings um, getting your dates paid for all the time. So, um, moving to our topic. Yes. There's, you know, a lot, there's been a lot of stories and allegations against a lot of men in Hollywood right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the biggest one, it kind of got the ball rolling was Harvey. Mm -hmm. You know, he was, they said it's like, 70 different women yeah. have, you know, have accounts mm-hmm. of situations where they were sexually harassed or assaulted. Mm-hmm. You know, he was fired from his company, his wife is divor- divorcing him. And after that, it kind of just, Everybody it was like the floodgates. Yeah. So there's several, it's kind of gross because I just kind of did research. There's several a lot of actors and producers because even while um, we were just are sitting being... here, CNN um, get sent on the alert like literally ten minutes ago, saying Andrew Kreisberg, he co-created Supergirl on CW, um, is being investigated for sexual harassment allegations. Like right, literally just came so out. you got like Ed Westbrook, he was in Gossip Girl. Anyone who used to. I used to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't that on CW too? That was on CW. A lot of these shows on CW. Guys. Jeremy <laughs> Piven from The Entourage mm-hmm. was accused. Mm-hmm. If my phone would load correctly, I could read off the more. It's literally a blank screen right Kevin now. Kevin Spacey. But yeah, he was. From um, uh, House of Cards. And his show is done. And yeah. There's another um, God, comedian. He was supposed to be in the, um, not Harry Potter, but. 
it's by J.K. Rowling movie. Now that movie's on hold because allegations against him. And then like Louis C.K., he actually did a uh, statement about it. Um, that they were true. Mm-hmm. A lot of the allegations they're being denied. Right. But he was one. Louis C.K. Five women came. He was a comedian. They came forward with um, accounts of sexual misconduct, and he said that they were true. Mm-hmm. He said, at the time, I said to myself that what I did was okay because I never showed a woman my dick without asking first, which is also true. But what I learned later in life, too late. Is that when you have power over another person, asking them to look at your dick isn't a question. It's a predicament for them. The power mm-hmm. I had over these women is that they admired me and I wielded that power irresponsibly. Yeah. So it was just, there's been a lot. And then the guy that assaulted Terry Crews, they released his name. Yep, and he is pressing charges. Yep. And then... Chris Rock was under fire yeah, recently for making jokes. comments about how he doesn't hire women women stab because he's afraid they'll like cry rape, they want money. Well, I think that was a joke. Like, he wasn't being serious. Obviously, it was a joke, yeah. but it's the point of first of all, it wasn't a joke that went off well. People didn't find it funny. Well, yeah. <laughs> the point of it all is, there's a lot about I think the sexual assault the mm-hmm. rape, like, there's just seems to be a lot brewing in the media. And then even in, like, this is more of a local kind of arena, but the Bourbon Ball is a big ball in D.C. The person that created it, basically it came out, because the ball was yesterday. I don't know how it went off, but, like, on Thursday and Friday. I don't even came, know what that is. What is that? It's a ball. <laughs> that's what I'm about to tell you. It's a ball in D.C. for, like, um young professionals. And um Thursday and Friday, it was, like, all of these... um harassment and assault charges coming out and there's people talking about it on Twitter um and basically the person that created the ball he stepped down and then the DJ quit this is all the day before the ball um and he basically was harassing women at every single one of these balls every year and all of their events that they have in DC every year and so it's just like the last week has been a lot of allegations about sexual assault on like the celebrity level and on like the local level why are you making that face? I didn't think I was making a face. Oh, okay. So, um, it just made me look into this idea of rape culture. Mm-hmm. And just so we can start out with a definition. And we can post this link. Okay. Rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sexual violence is normalized and excused in the media and popular culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language the the objectification of women's bodies and the glamorization of sexual violence thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety so the one thing i wanted to start off with is the fact that with all these allegations while you know a lot of people support the women for speaking out they're also being heavily shamed yeah um you know a lot of things that people are starting off with well you know, especially with the Harvey Weinstein stuff, it's like, well, what took you so long? Because mm-hmm. these, and even with like, go back further with Bill Cosby, Cosby I was just a lot of people it. just spoke about negatively about the accusers to say like, if it was so traumatic, mm-hmm. why did you wait so long? Yeah. Um. Why did it take someone coming out first? Then you want to jump on the bandwagon and tell mm-hmm. a story 
20, 30 years ago. Like, basically making the people feel like shit. And they would call, you know, they call that victim Victim blaming. blaming. Mm -hmm. And so they were saying that one reason people blame a victim is to distance themselves from an unpleasant occurrence. (coughs) Excuse me. And to thereby confirm their own invulnerability to the risk. By labeling or accusing the victim, others can see the victim as different from themselves. People reassure themselves by thinking, because I am not like her or him, because I do not do that, this would never happen to me. Mm-hmm. We, need to under, we need to help people understand that this is not a helpful reaction. So, because I, I have to step back and go, because that was one thing I, would, I said at first. I was mm-hmm. like, why didn't they want to say anything? Mm-hmm. But when you think about it, if they were in a place where, one, I've never been a victim of sexual assault or mm-hmm. rape or anything. Right. Hope to never be. Right. You don't know what your reaction would be. Mm-hmm. And everyone's reaction is different. Oh, yeah. And I think that it comes from truly a place of ignorance mm-hmm. and assumptions on a lot of people's And Like they said, you like to feel like that would never happen to me. So you kind of like. Yeah. Be like, well, I don't see why they dealt with that or yeah. why they accepted that. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when people are sexually assaulted or raped, I think I read something today, like 73% of the people when <clears throat> they're assaulted by, they know them. It's yeah. not like some stranger on the say. street. It's not yeah, like. That makes it hard. So man. it is a thing that it literally could happen to any of us yeah. because this is happening to their, to them by friends by family by colleagues by bosses Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and by people that actually (coughs) do have some kind of power over you so if it's your parent if it's a cousin if it's a boss all of them can do things to make your life a living hell and so like that fear in you makes you not speak up it makes you not want to say anything like it scares you into just keeping your mouth shut so then when someone else does like have the courage enough to speak up, then it's like, okay, that gives you a little bit more courage. And then that's why you have all the women that come after them because the woman before them, <coughs> it just took that one to give them a little bit of courage to, you know, say this happened to me too. Okay. So <coughs> I have some examples of rape culture. Blaming the victim, like she or he mm-hmm. asked for, and a lot of this is based off of she, because let's be honest, Majority of like rape and sexual assault cases are with women. Mm-hmm. Um, trivializing sexual assault, boys will be boys. I hear that a lot, mm-hmm. which is gross. Sexually explicit jokes, um, inflating false rape report statistics. I feel like that's another way of just deflecting. Yeah, from the actual problem itself. I a lot of people do that, and like, don't get me wrong. When someone does falsely claim they were raped. Um, I do feel bad for the person that they claimed it against because in the long run, it does kind of ruin their lives. And I do believe that that person deserves consequences for lying. Right. Yeah. And so I think that not only do they harm that person that they accuse life, but they also make it harder for actual victims now. They do. Because now when an actual victim speaks up, they're being questioned so much more because it's like, well, how we know you telling the truth? Why you take so long? Blah, blah, blah. Like now with all these other questions on top of it. And so like, I feel like when people false claim it, like they are just making everything harder for everybody on every side of everything regarding sexual assault. So then they have publicly scrutinized a victim's dress, mental state, motives, or their history. Mm-hmm. Um, defining manhood as dominant and sexually aggressive. Defining woman, defining womanhood as submissive and sexually passive. Pressure on men to score. 
pressure on women not to appear cold. And I just want to speak on that one because I feel like that is something that on a very small scale I experienced. I just feel like there's just this image they feel like women are supposed to uphold be and uphold at all times. Mm-hmm. And when you're not, terms could be used to kind of make you feel like you're not woman enough. Yep. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And just further. Yeah. And you know then that's mean? when you get the pick me's like, oh, well, if you did this, that's why you single, blah, blah. I'm like, no, that may not be why I'm single. That's just who I am. And there's nothing wrong with it. Um, and I feel like there, that's when it comes in where it's like, you get women now against women. And it's like, well, yeah, it's because you act like this as to why you're single or you act like this as to why you get sexually assaulted. <gasps> and I, I see. hate that even I mean, more. I, this, sometimes why I don't, this is why I don't really be on Twitter because I'll see that. And be like, oh, y'all single because y'all don't cook for y'all men. Ugh. Or y'all single because y'all don't let, um, you don't let him bring another girl in the bedroom. And it's like, mm-hmm. stop. Right. <laughs> and it's that like. Has nothing to do with anything. Because at the end of the day, everybody <laughs> has different preferences for everything. And everyone has different standards. So I hate when people are like, oh, well, this is why. Like, no, that ain't why. And stop trying to put what you do. Because they have time to be single too. Or be in unhealthy relationships. So I don't want to hear it. <laughs> okay. So. So, as we're talking about this, a lot of the whole, like, rape culture and stuff is about men and how they push this agenda even without even knowing it. Mm -hmm. So, I'm like, first I'm going to sit up here and say, men do get raped and sexually assaulted. Right. So, we're not, I'm not ignoring that. Right. But majority of cases, especially lately in the media, have been women speaking out of Mm -hmm. sexual assault. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I found this article about 10 types of misogynistic. And before we go through the list, I also want to make a point that... I can't say it. The same way that men have learned to uphold rape culture and to uphold um, misogyny, women have also learned to uphold that in the same way. I do because an example of like, just like, well, she shouldn't wear that. Mm-hmm. That's on both sides. Because yes. I feel like, yeah. you know, guys will be like, and not just even outside of the whole like rape thing, just be like, well, well, I've heard people like, don't dress like that if you don't want to be treated like that right. type of language, which yeah. I don't like. Right. Um, and so as we go through the list, I just want people to realize that men, yes, these are 10 types of, what is it? Um, misogynistic men, men that women also reinforce these for men to, you know, continue to be this way. So number one was man, man interrupters, man interrupter in every workshop conference, meeting, discussion group or classroom conversation. There's usually at least one guy who wins this title. Okay. It's so common in multi general situations to witness men talking out of turn, interrupting other people while they're talking or completely disregarding the allotted time limit a facilitator has set for that. individual questions or comments. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Like, look, we got a time. <laughs> I really do hate that. But, okay. Cause so, that sounds like it's a guy that, like, always has to be heard. Right. And so, they even said it. Is this really misogynistic? 
Because of my thought is just like, well, that's just rude if yeah. a woman was doing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the they said the point of it is what possesses a person to act this way in the first place. And the point is, is talking about like the male privilege mm-hmm. that men have sometimes. And that could be related to those cases of sexual assault. Like Louis C.K. in his statement said that mm-hmm. while he did ask, he realized after the fact that there was a level mm-hmm. of privilege that he had that mm-hmm. would put the women in a position where they was going to say yes, it's whether almost, they felt comfortable or not. It's almost like your parents, especially like when you're younger, being like, can you do the dishes? Now, you know you don't really have a choice, but they are putting it in a question form. And I would say no. I always say no and then still do it. And then, <laughs> and then my mother would say, okay, thanks. <laughs> So she totally see, and to this day, I still say no. <laughs> Can you put this in the fridge? No, <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> and so, like, that's a good prime example of the same thing that he did. Yeah, I asked, but at the same time, it's like I know that I didn't have to ask because they're gonna do it because of the power I have over them. So then they had um, emotional labor dodgers. Um, what it sounds like is what it is. Emotional label dar- dodger. Labor dodger. Labor, so, okay. it's just talking about since men are discouraged from sharing their feelings mm-hmm. for one another. Um, and that is true. Society. They were saying that. Hold on, y'all. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> They're saying that this expectation that because men can't talk to men about their feelings that men will lean on a friend or a woman mm-hmm. in their lives is that they believe that this one-sided caretaker dynamic isn't the misogyny of it all. Like expecting a woman to like help you pick up the pieces because you can't rely on or you don't feel trusted from a male counterpart. Oh. Very interesting, right? Okay, so they basically it's like in times of need, they always look for a woman instead of relying on men because they feel like the women are better at doing that. Right, but gotcha. they're saying it's rooted in a space of that's like their job. Right. And gotcha. that's why gotcha. it's that. And so I gotta be honest, because we don't have to go through all of them, mm-hmm. but on our past episodes, and I realize I'm jumping, we talked about the like the call-out culture, like shouting people out. Yeah. Like, Sometimes they even feel like this. Because mm-hmm. I'll be honest, when I read through something, I was like, is that... I feel like then we're all misogynistic, well, right? Is why, that the real root of it all? And that's why I wanted to make a point that the same way guys learn to be misogynistic, we learn to uphold them too. So I can even admit in some ways that I uphold misogyny. Right. And so, um, no, I, I, I always do my best not to. But it's like you're unlearning what you've been marinated in. Because what when you even look at like videos from the 90 and all of that a lot of that is displaying rape culture and that's what we were raised on and that's what we learned to believe was normal um and now we're learning okay no you don't have to just deal with a guy smacking your butt in a party you don't have to deal with that whereas in undergrad i just would have dealt with it and not thought nothing of it but now i've realized no i don't have to deal with that i can tell him to stop and like feel confident and feel comfortable saying no don't touch me that's not okay. But back then, you just thought, oh, that's just what happens at college parties, and that's accepted. Um, My first college <laughs> party, mm-hmm. I was bit. See? 
And so we just learn that we, and we accept those kinds of things. And so now we're learning that we don't have to. And so I think just while men are learning that some of the things they do are misogynistic, we are also learning that we uphold those things in some ways by not speaking up and calling them out, by reinforcing them by saying, oh yeah, I want him to catcall me when I walk past so I know I look good. Yeah, some some women like that. Some women like so I, a lot of the things we do upholds it, and that's why it's hard because um, we're not all the same. We're not all in the same space of our processing. We don't all want to change, and so I think that's the hard part. Is like some guys are like, well, girls like when I can't call them, and then other people are like, well, no, I hate when. So I think it's just this battle of we all were taught to accept these things and now it's like we're learning that we don't have to well speaking of that we can talk about how to combat rape culture and victim blaming so they talked about you know avoid using language that objectifies and degrades women Mm -hmm. so once again you know a few episodes we had guests who was talking about like the Ambrose slut walk Mm -hmm. and the whole idea of why would they want to support that Mm -hmm. why would you go out dressed like that it doesn't matter that's just the end of the day right right so when a woman is dressed whether you think she looks sexy or not leave her be do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like and if she's in a shorter dress or her boobs are out that doesn't mean she wants you to talk to her versus like a woman who's covered up just a woman walking is a woman walking Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you have the right to say anything sexually um, suggestive or to walk up on her or to lord don't ever touch her right that doesn't give you the right whether she's in a robe covered up Mm -hmm. I mean everything or she has on like a tight dress. Right. Right. And they talk about speak out if you hear someone else making offensive jokes or trivializing rape. And I feel like that's a big thing that people don't do. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've all been around someone who has made like really crazy statements mm-hmm. and maybe didn't say anything or just was oh, like, yeah. oh, or just be like, oh, they're crazy and kind of like dismiss it. Yeah. And they're saying a part of that is to address it then right there, whether it's a joke or not, mm-hmm. tell them how much it is not a joke, how you shouldn't say stuff like that. Right. And I think if men did that to men more, mm. I was just about to say that, that that would be helpful because I feel like it's, I'm not even gonna lie. I feel like, a girl attacking a guy for speaking inappropriately, um, that could be easily easily dismissed. dismissed. If he just don't, Mm -hmm. not with it. You know, sometimes guys, even who will make those statements, will absolutely sit down and listen and and try to understand why it's inappropriate. But for the men who are like, whatever, Mm -hmm. it may take their guy being like, yo, chill, don't do that. So it's like, when you're out with your guys and one of your friends catcalling, being like, yo, leave her alone. Yeah. And I actually was just talking about this the other day because, like, I, I have a friend that he would never do anything like this. Like, he's very, I wouldn't touch a woman, blah, blah. Like, I know he would never assault a woman. But when the conversation comes up in group settings, he avoids the conversation. He's like, oh, I hate talking about this kind of stuff, blah, blah. And then my question then is then, I know your character and I know you would never do anything like this and I know your stance on it. So why not speak up on it? Why always avoid the conversation? Because I'm like, we need people like you to speak up on it because they will be more receptive to you. Um, And so I feel like it does take us 
requiring that of people that, you know, they know better to call out the people that don't know better because they'll be more receptive to them, especially if, you know, they're homies, they're friends, whatever. They'll be more receptive to those people um, that are cool with them, close with them, and they can feel like they can confide in one another or whatever um, to call them out and be like, no, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. What are some other ways you feel can combat? I feel like not... I don't because I don't want to say always having the conversation because I know that sometimes and because like this happened with Kazi, I got tired of talking about it, tired of hearing about it. It does happen, but I feel like um, having constructive conversation around it helps. So not starting off with one on one. So maybe just me and one other person, us talking about it, but then also taking it to group conversations so that you can hear other perspectives because. I think there's this thing where it's like, oh, well, I don't know anybody that's ever been assaulted. Where it's like, you may, you probably do know somebody that's been assaulted and they just haven't spoke up about it and they haven't told you and they haven't confided in you about it. And so I feel like once people realize how many people, and that's why I did like the Me Too campaign, because when you realize how many people around you have been assaulted, I think that's when it becomes real. Because for some people, they're like, oh, well, none of this never happened to anybody I know, none of my friends, none of my family. And so it's so separated from them. And so I think having those conversations so they realize that, no, it has happened to people I know. This is real and it does happen um, more than you realize. That kind of um, makes it real for them. Touche. <laughs> Do you have any other ways you think to combat it? I think, I think um, individually, I think everyone, you know, women, men, mm-hmm. should do their research on... Because I feel like the more I read, the more I realized I had tendencies of it too. And just like you said, it's ingrained and Mm -hmm. the stereotypes are ingrained. So I feel like, honestly, just being open to think about things differently and to really get to the root of why you think this. Mm -hmm. And even acknowledge that you may not even know why you think this outside of it could have just been told to you by your parents. Right. Or this is like, you know, a lot we are... We are influenced heavily by society and what Mm -hmm. society norms are. So I feel like a big way to combat that is being open to challenge your thinking. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like and not being so wedded to a certain, you know, thought process when it comes to the idea of sexual assault, the idea of the misogynist the misogynistic values and how those kind of like correlate. I feel like being mm-hmm. open to really read about it yes. and acknowledge it that you have your part to play. Mm-hmm. Cause to be honest, we all do in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. whether we're um, engaging in it mm-hmm. or we're being silent and we see it and we're not saying anything right? or we're just being ignorant and not knowing anything. Because I also feel like, you know, at the, on one end, I understand that phrase "ignorance is bliss" because it is. there's so much stuff going on where it's like <sighs> I don't want to know. Do you know right. what I mean? Because yeah. there's so much. Yeah. But sometimes that's a problem. It is. Like I feel like you gotta know some foundation, basic yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Because you can't. Because I also feel like the the thought process of "well, I didn't know" that gets old, especially as you get older. Because then it becomes you, uh, a, you need to you be need responsible. To, you need to be responsible, yeah. especially with your words and your actions. And I think that comes back to accountability, which I feel like in my life personally, mm-hmm. off record, this idea of accountability has been like 
slapping me in my face mm-hmm. this past week. Mm-hmm. But it's just the thought of being accountable about your words and your actions, how you can feed into a negative concept. Mm. I just think that's important. Yeah. And and, and, and I am going to say pick a side. Pick a side of it. Mm-hmm. If, if you feel like nothing is wrong with that, then okay. Mm-hmm. But don't expect people to rock with you. Right. As this, I feel like we're awakening in society in a lot of ways, which is good. In mm-hmm. some ways, is like annoying because it's everything is being like analyzed. Yeah. But it's a lot of healthy conversations yes. going on about a lot of things. Yes. And I just think once again, being open to hear different perspectives and being open to admit and to say, you know what? I used to think this, mm-hmm. but now I think this. Yeah. Or I used to say this, but mm-hmm. I realized I don't want to say it like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I just think the openness, being able to listen and to be active mm-hmm. and to wanting to be like, you know. And I think just to good. piggyback on that, um, someone asked Oprah after so many years of interviewing people, because, you know, she still does Super Soul Sunday and all that kind of stuff. They asked her how um, she's been so successful to have so many people from different walks of lives be connected with her and be comfortable enough to come speak with her. And she said the simple answer is that she goes into every conversation willing and wanting to learn something new. And I think that's an important way to just talk to anybody because if you go into a conversation already stuck in your mindset um, and just wanting to argue that one point there, that's not constructive conversation. And so, like you said, even if you pick a side, go into the conversation willing to learn from the other person. Now, you could still walk out believing what you believe or whatever, but I think going in with that openness and that willingness to learn and wanting to learn something new from the other side, um, it just lends for better and more open communication when talking about kind of sensitive topics like this. Yeah. (laughs) Just a tidbit from Mother Oprah. (laughs) <laughs> so is that all for our topic today we'll also we'll put the link um in the show notes so you guys can read a little bit more we kind of just summarize what we learned from the articles yeah that's all i got okay well I feel like we talked about a lot yeah we we covered a lot we touched on a, yeah, a variety of different topics involving rape culture and you know, hypermasculinity and massaging and all of that, even from our listener question. So, guys, thank you for listening. Don't forget to always check out our Instagram for our question of every week. Um, good girls behaving badly. Don't forget to check out our website, goodgirlsbehavingbadly.com. And if you have questions, you can email us at goodgirlsbehavingbadly at gmail.com. We can make sure it's anonymous, or you know, if you want us to say your name, you know, we can do that too. If you have any questions, suggestions for the week or topic suggestions, let us know that too. Remember always to rate, like, subscribe, comment on the show so that we know that you're loving what we're doing and to encourage us to, you know, do more things like this. And so as always, this is Good Girls Behaving Badly, bringing you the good and the bad of every week.